0: Uh, I'm going to begin this evening by looking at the Word of the Lord. I want to begin reading from the book of Matthew, the ninth chapter. We're going to begin a study series on Wednesday nights called The Power of Your Faith. The Power of Your Faith. Everybody say, The Power of My Faith. Power. Say it again, The Power of My Faith. Power. We're going to be talking about that because I think that it is important that we remember that that there is a great power in the faith that the Lord has given unto us. And so we're going to be, we're going to be talking about that. First of all, I want to talk about the fact that uh, faith is a, a force that is to be reckoned with is, and is to be understood. And we're going to look at faith in four Context. Number one, we're going to talk about faith as a gift, the gift of faith. That's what we'll be dealing with tonight. Secondly, we're going to be talking about faith uh, as a fruit. Faith is a fruit of the Spirit, so we'll be talking about the fruit of faith. And thirdly, we'll be dealing with faith uh, as a word. The Bible talks about the word of faith. And then fourth, we will be speaking about faith. As an act or a step, a step of faith. Very important that we understand the multifaceted power of our faith. And uh, and we're going to talk about it in that context. Now, we know that, that power belongs unto the Lord. And we know that God has all power in heaven and in earth. And we know that he is exceeding abundantly able to do above all that we ask or think According to the power that worketh in us. So there is a power you have, a power that I have, and that power is called faith. And that's what we want to, we want to really understand so that we can uh, utilize it to the glory of God. Matthew chapter 9 verse 18. While Jesus spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler... And worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about. And when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Now I want you to notice this. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Your faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. And when Jesus departed thence, Two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, <clears throat> the blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, And I love this, Yea, Lord. Yea, Lord. Do you believe I'm able to do this? Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, see that no man know it. Now this was characteristic of Jesus. Often he would perform a miracle, and then he would say, don't tell anybody who did this miracle. This was because Jesus was Making sure that there was no glorification of flesh. Jesus wasn't wasn't trying to raise money with his miracle ministry. He wasn't selling holy water. Trying to get people to buy into his uh, miracle ministry. He made himself of no reputation. This was not about him as a man. But this was about him as God in flesh. And when it was appropriate, he did in fact let them know who had done the miracle. But but he was careful to discern when it was going to when it was going to uh, be good for the flesh or when it was going to be good for the glory of God. When it would be good for the glory of God, it was go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. But when it was only going to glorify flesh, then, then he was very insistent that it be not uh, spread about. So Jesus had an amazing miracle uh, ministry that, that really caught fire while he walked this earth. Now, we just read about three distinct miracles in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And I want to point out in two of them this statement to the woman with the issue of blood. Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith hath made you whole. To the two blind men, according to your faith. Be it unto you. Now this man, Jairus, was a ruler of the synagogue. The Bible says here in Matthew chapter 9 that he came to Jesus and said to Jesus that my daughter is sick nigh unto death. And she needs a healing touch. And and, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John deal with this particular miracle. And in Another accounting of the miracle, Jairus actually says something that I think is worth pointing out in this study. He says to Jesus, Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. Has anybody ever been there before? Lord, I believe because I know you have all power. I believe because I know you can do anything. But there are these parts of me. That know the seriousness of the circumstances. And I'm having trouble believing because of these parts of me that are unbelieving. So I love the way he prayed the prayer. Help my unbelief. Nothing wrong with that prayer. In fact, it's a prayer I would encourage everybody in this place to pray. When you talk to the Lord about faith and about what you have need of. Tell him and say it with with. A matter of fact, Lord, I believe, but Lord, I want you to help me with the fear that I might be facing, and I want you to help me with the doubts that try to creep into my spirit, and I want you to help me with these feelings of uncertainty that I'm struggling with, because I believe, but I need help with the unbelief. So Jesus is is ministering to Jairus, and Jairus says, if you'll come to my house, I need you to pray for my daughter. I need you to heal my daughter. So Jesus is on his way to Jairus's house. And while he's on his way to Jairus' house, people are wanting to see this miracle. It's a 12-year-old girl. She is nigh unto death. Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house. And while he's on his way, the crowd intensifies around him. They are walking in step with him to the point that Jesus isn't making very good progress. Now, if I'm Jairus and I'm needing Jesus to get there, and the clock is ticking, and people are preventing him from moving as rapidly as I need him to move, then we're going to have a problem. And I'm sure Jairus felt this way, as any man would. But but the press of the people prevented Jesus from picking up the pace as Jairus needed him to pick up the pace. But it was just enough time that a woman with an issue of blood, this means that, that, that she had a problem, a bleeding problem that would not be resolved. And for 12 years, she sought physicians to help her with this ongoing bleeding problem. And for 12 years, the physicians turned away and had no resolution for her sickness. But Jesus, thankfully, for her sake, Thankfully, was prevented by the press of the people from picking up the pace. Perhaps she couldn't have kept pace with him. Perhaps she needed him to walk a little slower. Arguably, she was weak because of the condition of her body. And that's exactly what we can know the Lord is doing. Always know that if you put it in God's hands, he's in control. And that what doesn't seem to make sense will make sense when you look back over it. When it's all said and done. This woman, with an issue of blood, came through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment. You actually can get a visual, perhaps, of her crawling through. Because the hem of his garment was at the bottom of his garment. She touched the hem of his garment. Now, I'll I'll tell you something that I think is beautiful and powerful When Isaiah, as I quoted earlier, saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple, that train that filled the temple, the actual exact translation of that word, train that filled the temple, is the hem of his garment. So in Isaiah's vision, the hem of the Lord's garment filled the temple. Oh, hallelujah. She had to crawl through the crowd To get to the hem of his garment. But we're in a position today. Where his hem fills the temple. It's lining these rows of chairs. It's up and down these aisles. It's everywhere you are. The hem of his garment. Fills the temple. This woman touched the hem of his garment. And and mind you. The press of the people was so thick. That Jesus was being. Physically thronged. By the crowd. But he was sensitive enough to her need that when she touched the hem of his garment, he felt the virtue go out of his physical body. And he stopped the crowd and he said, who touched me? And one of the disciples spoke up and said, what kind of a question is that? Because everybody's touching you. Like, In fact, they're pushing you. So I don't really know how to answer your question, who touched me? If I'm going to answer it literally, uh, me, him, her, them, them. What do you mean, who touched me? He said, I don't mean with, with the natural hands. I'm talking about with faith, who touched me, who pulled and extracted virtue from me. And so he stopped, and the crowd cleared, and there was a little woman with an issue of blood. And she was kind of cowering because of all the attention brought upon her and all of the trauma that she'd been through. Jesus looked to her and said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith, hallelujah, your faith hath made you whole. There is power in your faith to make you whole. About this time... Somebody came to Jairus and said, don't trouble the master because your daughter just died. She was sick, but now she's dead. And so there's no need to trouble him because Jesus would not have been able to to touch a dead body. That dead body would be unclean. And so it would be impossible for him to interact with a dead body. And just about the time Jairus was, his shoulders were slumping and his head was bowing in defeat. This is about the time that Jesus stopped the crowd and said, who touched me? And here was this woman with the issue of blood. But here's what's interesting. This woman with the issue of blood was also unclean because of her physical condition. And under normal circumstances, because she had even touched the hem of his garment. He would have had to go out and cleanse himself and purify himself. But what's different about Jesus and every other high priest that had ever entered into the tabernacle was that Jesus had a purity that was greater than her uncleanness. Jesus, hallelujah. That's exactly what he has for you today. Whatever it is that you've got in your life that you think God may or may not be able or be willing to take care of, he has a power that is greater than your weakness. He has a purity that is greater than your uncleanness. And when Jairus watched him deal with this woman with the issue of blood and continue on without going through all of the, of the protocols, that you would expect from someone of his stature to cleanse himself. He said if he can do it for her uncleanness. He can do it for my daughter's uncleanness. He said come on Jesus we got to go to my house. And when Jesus walked into Jairus's house. Here this little child lay dead. But Jesus said she is not dead. She is only asleep. And they laughed him to scorn. And, they, and when they laughed him to scorn he sent them out of the room. And said that I'm going to do this. I want faith in this room. I don't want doubt. I don't want unbelief. I want faith in this room. When he sent everybody out. He looked at that little girl. And he said Talitha Kumai. Which means made arise. And that little girl came back to life. Sat up in bed. He brought her out and showed her alive to everybody in the house. Jesus had just performed an amazing miracle. He walks out of the house and goes his way and two blind men see him. And they were amazed as everybody else was amazed at this miracle. And they started to follow him. When they followed him, they started crying out to him, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You know that's a frequent refrain throughout the scriptures, have mercy on me. How many times have you asked God for mercy? Lord, have mercy upon my circumstances. Have mercy, God, upon me. And they said, Lord, have mercy upon me, thou son of David. And Jesus looked back at them and said, do you believe? And they said, yea, Lord. And he said to them, according to your faith, be it unto you. Hallelujah. There is a reason why... We believe in the power of faith. Let me tell you what faith is capable of doing. Matthew chapter 17 and verse number 20. First we're actually going to read in verse number, uh, first we're going to read from verse number 14 of Matthew chapter 17. When they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him, And saying, here it is, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is lunatic, sore vexed. For oft times he falls into the fire. Oft times he falls into the water. I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil. He departed out of him. The child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart. They waited till everything had cleared. Then they come to Jesus. And they said, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, You shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you, howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. I want to point out to you that the Lord said to them that if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, then you shall say to this mountain, there are some cases you encounter in life that are like mountains. They are strong. They are tall. They are insurmountable. They seem impossible to overcome or to circumnavigate. But if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, Be thou removed and cast into yonder place. The reason we need to understand faith tonight is because you've got some mountains you need to move in the name of Jesus. And the only way that you're going to be able to do it is to understand the gift of faith, to understand the the word of faith, to understand that faith is a fruit, to understand that faith is an act. And so you receive the gift of faith. We need the gift of faith. We need faith to move mountains. Now, if you speak to that mountain and you have faith, This is one thing that I've learned. There are some mountains that you speak to and they move. And then there are some mountains that you speak to and they don't move. You want to know why some mountains don't move? Because God puts some mountains in our path. Some of the greatest things God ever did happened on mountains. Elijah had Mount Carmel. Moses had Mount Horeb and Mount Sinai. Jesus had the Mount of Calvary, the Mount of Transfiguration. Many, many things happened on mountains. Abraham had to go to the top of Mount Moriah. There are so many different places in the scriptures where God put a mountain in the path. So if you speak to the mountain and it moves, then that means it was a mountain that the enemy put in your path. But if you speak to the mountain and it refuses to move, then put on your hiking boots and get ready to climb. And when you get to the top of that mountain, you're going to have an experience with God that will change your life forever. But if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you can speak to mountains. Mountains. What other word conjures up images or or evokes images of something that is so set in its way, set in your path? unmovable, something that is that is insurmountable other than a mountain. But God said if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you can speak to that mountain and cast it into yonder place. Luke chapter 17. Again, I bring your memory to the fact that Jesus was referring to the casting out of an unclean devil. There was a child that was full of The devil, lunatic, often casting himself into the fire and into the water. The disciples could not cure the child. And Jesus said that they couldn't do it because of their unbelief. And then he told them that this was like a mountain. And that this mountain could be removed when you operate with faith as the grain of a mustard seed. Luke chapter 17. verse. We're going to begin now at uh, verse number 1. Because we're dealing with a different kind of of a force. That was a devil possession. And it took faith to cast out that unclean spirit. And he likened that to a mountain. This is different. Now he's dealing with offenses. He's dealing with hurt feelings and feelings of betrayal. Feelings of lost trust. And he says this. Then said he unto the disciples. It is impossible but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck. And he cast into the sea. Than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee. Rebuke him. And if he repent. Forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day. And seven times in a day turn again to thee. Saying I repent. Thou shalt forgive him. He's dealing with two different kinds of spiritual principalities. One being devil possession. The other being offense from a brother who is wounding you with their actions, with their words. And it's a trespass against you. But they ask you to forgive them. He said if it happens seven times in a day, you just keep forgiving, forgiving, forgiving. Rebuke. They repent, you forgive. And so the apostles hear that and they said, oh, well, you're going to have to increase our faith, verse 5. The apostles said unto him, Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root And be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. So it's a different kind of a deal. This is something that's deeply rooted. The mountain is set in the way, established and firmly founded on the topography of the earth. The sycamine tree is different. It has roots that have gone so deep. That's how offenses work. That's how betrayal works. Loss of trust works. It it, it has roots that go so deep down. That some people would never even dream of trying to to remove a sycamine tree. But Jesus said that faith is so much of a force. Faith is so much of a power. That if you have faith as of a grain of mustard seed. That you can even speak not only to the mountain of demon possession. But you can speak to the sycamine tree. So rooted, so Deeply, deeply rooted. And say, be thou plucked up. And that sycamine tree will be plucked up. And every root, regardless of what it has intertwined itself around. That root, regardless of how it has anchored itself into your life. Regardless of how hurt you feel. Of how wounded you are. Of how bruised and battered your spirit faith." can pluck up that sycamine tree and cast it into the sea. That's what faith can do. So there is power in your faith. And we want to talk about the power in your faith. The kind of power that can say to any mountain that may stand in your path, be thou removed and it must go. The kind of power that can say to any deeply rooted feeling you might have one that can come all the way from your childhood one that can come all the way from the worst and deepest experiences of hurt and woundedness in your life but the faith hallelujah that I'm talking about has the power to speak to those things and pluck them up by the roots and remove them as mountains and cast them into yonder place somebody said amen we're going to get into this a little bit, but I, I, want to, I want to talk to you for just a moment because it's one thing to hear a message about miracles, and, 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 and when you hear the miracles of Jesus, it can inspire, and it can encourage, and it can empower, and, and you hear miracles modern day miracles where we hear of physical healing where we hear of God making a way when there seems to be no way and now that God goes before us oh hallelujah and fights our battles and God moves upon the hearts of people whose favor is needed in certain circumstances and God moves pieces around like pieces on a chessboard. now he can't do that if you don't give it to him he can't do that if you don't put it in his hands. But if you'll put it in his hands, oh, he will fight for you. If you put it in his hands, oh hallelujah, he will be with you. If you put it in his hands, he will comfort you. If you put it in his hands, he'll give you a peace that passes all understanding. Oh hallelujah. Oh I'm going to say it the way the word of the Lord says it. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine Thine heart, lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Hallelujah. Commit thy way unto the Lord, and he will bring it to pass. The Lord will do it. And so so we hear messages about about miracles, miracles, miracles. Blind people's uh, blind eyes opened, and deaf ears unstopped, and lame legs healed, and dead folks raised to life. People brought up out of wheelchairs. And, and and we talk about this in the word of the Lord. And, and then we get to the crux of the whole matter. And we say something like, all you got to have is faith. And it's almost like letting the air out of a balloon. Like, oh, well, great. There for a moment I thought it was going to be something I could lay hold on. But, but, but... Uh, feel like it's come right back down to me again. Like I have to have faith in order to see these miracles and I guess that's my problem is that I struggle with believing I struggle with having faith that's what we want to talk about. We're talking tonight about the gift of faith because the faith you have is not a faith that comes from within you it's not a faith that you develop on your own. It's not a faith that you have to come. okay, Lord, I hear you're a miracle worker, and you're a peace speaker, and you're a giver of joy. Now let me go see if I can cultivate faith out of this mess of emotion that I have and come back to you and see if this faith will please you. That's not how it works. Let me tell you how it works. Romans chapter 12 and and we're going to go ahead and read the first two verses just cuz they're good. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable And perfect will of God for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith now in in, in saying every man he's talking about mankind Every individual in this room has been given the measure of faith. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got. Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. God has given unto each and every one of us. The measure of faith. So when he tells you to have faith, it's, it's like when somebody comes up to you and says, Here, have a bottle of water. They're not telling you to go find it. They're giving it to you. When he says, Have faith, he's putting it inside of you. When you were born, you were born with faith because God gave every man. The measure of faith you've already got the faith that you need to move the mountain you've already got the faith that you need to unpluck a sycamine tree you've already got the faith that you need hallelujah to see god work on your behalf you don't have to go get it he's already given it this is why he pulled the children together and the disciples were like no kids out of here stop messing with jesus Get out. We don't need the kids messing everything up. And Jesus said, hold on. Hold on just a second. You guys need to seriously chill here. Because if your faith doesn't become like the faith of these children, you won't even see the kingdom of heaven. Can I talk to you about childlike faith? You want to know why children have so much faith? Because they are so close in age to when God first gave it to them. This is the way the Bible says it. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God and all things were made by Him. Without in Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. The life was the light of men. The light shined in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. The scripture says that that light lighteth every man that cometh into the world. That light. The same light when he said let there be light. There was light. That light lighteth every man that cometh into the world. When you entered this world the Lord gave you faith. 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 The measure of faith. It's already in you. So What happens to it? Well, it gets devastated. It gets devastated by a cursed world. It gets devastated by a sin-stricken society. It gets devastated by circumstances beyond our control. That's what happens to our faith. We used to believe, and then we run into problems as children and young people, teenagers and young adults. And we start leaning on ourselves, and we start losing heart and losing hope. And we begin to lose Our faith. This is why when Jesus was in the bottom of the boat and they came to wrestle him because he was asleep and there was a storm raging and Jesus is like wiping the sleep from his eyes and he's like stretching and yawning and he comes to the top of the boat and, and, and they said, don't you care whether we live or die? And he posed a question that is so interesting to me. He said to them, where is your faith? Not do you have faith, but where is I? See, I know you have it. Because I gave it to you. The question is, where did you put it? Did you put it in your your relationship? Did you put it in somebody who betrayed your trust? Did you put your faith in a religion? Did you put your faith in a career? Did you put your faith in yourself? Where did you put your faith? Because wherever you put it, you need to go get it and put it in God. It's it's like walking into a museum, and and as you walk into the museum, you enter the museum, and they give you a guidebook. And this guidebook is going to serve you all throughout your time touring the museum. But about a quarter of the way through, you see a sign that says, no gum. Oh, got to get rid of your gum. So you take the gum, and you put it in the guidebook and throw it in the trash can. Then you go about a quarter of the way through the museum, and you don't know where you are. You're lost. You don't know where it is that you need to go next. You don't know where the rest of the tour is. And so you ask a guide, where should I go next? Where am I in the museum? And the guide says, well, you should have received a guidebook when you first entered the museum. Well, I did, but I threw it away. Well, then you need to go get a guidebook. Somebody needs to go back and get the guidebook. Because you have faith that God gave you when you, hallelujah, were just a child. You believed and you didn't even know you believed. But the reason you believed was because the Lord God who created the heavens and the earth. The Lord God who created the sun, the moon, and the stars. The Lord God, hallelujah, who is holy and mighty and altogether lovely. He gave you faith. Faith to move mountains. Faith to unpluck sycamine trees. And somewhere you lost it. Somewhere. You put it in something that didn't deserve it. You put it in somebody that didn't deserve it. You put it in something that wasn't worthy of your praise or your faith. And now you don't know where your faith is. And so you hear a message on miracles and you think, but how am I going to get faith? You got to go back to the one Who gave it to you to begin with. And this is what the Apostle Paul said. He said that he gives gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of healing. Gifts of the working of miracles. He gives you the word of wisdom. The word of knowledge. The gift of discernment of spirits. The gift of tongues. The gift of the interpretation of tongues. The gift of faith. good and every perfect gift cometh down from the father of lights in whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning you want to know how to have faith? you go to God and let him give it to you again Lord help thou mine unbelief Lord increase our faith Lord have mercy upon us It's already in you. Let him shower you, hallelujah, with blessed assurance. Let him clothe you again with a garment of praise as he lifts from you the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. And he gives unto us the faith that we need. It's not something that we give him. It's something that he gives to us. So the gift of faith is not just something we operate in. It's something that we receive from the Lord. The Lord's not just telling me to get faith somehow. He's telling me to receive the faith that he has for me. And if I let him give me the faith, then I can believe what the Lord has said. Oh, hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Ten and verse thirty-eight contains words that actually provoked a whole protest uh, of the Catholic Church hundreds of years ago. A man by the name of Martin Luther could not get away from these words in Hebrews chapter ten, verse thirty-eight. Now the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. There's only one way to live. Live by faith. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Do you know how that happens? That doesn't happen because you magically believe. That doesn't happen because you you just mystically are a better believer than everybody else. That happens because you come to God with an honest and an open heart. And you say, God, I feel the heaviness of my circumstances. I feel the difficulty and the pressure that is heavily weighing upon me. And I'm asking you to increase my faith. And I'm going to tell you something, when you ask him to do it, it is done in Jesus' name. You don't have to wait for it to happen. You don't have to wait until you feel a certain way. You don't have to wait until you feel yourself believing. You can know that it happens. Before you feel it, before you see it, before it's something that registers in your senses, you can know that it is done in the name of Jesus. You have faith. You have faith. It's your faith. God gave it to you. It's yours. Don't let the devil take it from you. It's your faith. And you can move mountains with your faith. And he can move upon you. And by your faith you shall be made whole. And according to your faith be it unto you in the name of Jesus. It is your faith. God gave it to you. Don't let the devil take from you what God gave to you. It is your faith and there's power in your faith. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There's power in your faith. Somebody lift up your hands and receive it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands and receive it in the name of Jesus glory to the name of Jesus. It's my faith. God gave it to me. 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 Hallelujah. God gave me this gift of faith. It is the gift of faith. It is the gift of faith. I will not relinquish it. Fear cannot have it. Doubt cannot have it. Uncertainty cannot have it. Betrayal cannot have it. Loss of friends cannot have it. In the name of Jesus, no sir, no ma'am. It is my faith. I will never let it go again. God gave it to me. It is mine. It is the measure of faith that is given unto every man. Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. The Lord Jesus Christ has all power in heaven and earth. Somebody said, I believe that. The Lord Jesus Christ is my healer. Somebody said, I believe that. The Lord Jesus Christ is my peace somebody said I believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is love hallelujah somebody said I believe that hallelujah by his stripes we are healed somebody say I believe that glory to God he will make a way where there seems to be no way somebody said I believe that Woo, hallelujah come on I shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon me somebody say I believe that Hallelujah. Come on, say it till you believe it. Say it till you believe it. Declare it till you believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're gonna get more into this when we deal with the word of faith, but I want to I want to just go ahead and say this. Words are made to be believed. We are designed to believe words. This is why lies are so offensive. When you hear a lie and you're led to believe one thing and then you find out something else is true, it's, it's so offensive. It hurts so deeply. Because words are designed to be true. Jesus said that. Thy word is truth." So this is why you don't sit under false teaching or listen to lies. Because if you listen to them long enough, you will believe them. And here's the danger of believing a lie. The Bible says people will believe a lie and be damned. So the way, that you, the way that you increase faith is by declaring truth. Declare it. Declare it. Declare truth. Declare truth. The Lord is holy. He is righteous. He is omnipotent. He does love me. He does know where I am. He does know the way that I take. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And I do love Him. And I do serve Him. And I will give Him all the days of my life. And I will trust Him. And I will obey Him. Come on, declare it in the name of Jesus. Declare it in the name of Jesus. Come on, I want somebody facing some difficult circumstances right now. I want you to open up your heart. Open up your mouth lift up your hands and say, Lord God, right now, I receive the faith that you have for me. It's not my responsibility to go get it. Lord, you've already given it. And I receive it. Come on, in the name of Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Some of you have mountains you need to move right now and you, and you wonder where you're going to get the faith. You're going to get it right now because you're going to open up your heart and say, Lord, I receive the faith. Come on, saints of God. We have to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It was delivered to the saints. It's not something that the saints had to go out and get. It was delivered. It was hand-delivered to the saints. we're going to sing and we're going to worship and we're going to praise God and I think every praise every soul in this house ought to be lifting praise unto the Lord right now regardless of your circumstances I want you to lift up your eyes unto the Lord from whence cometh your help hallelujah come on somebody cry out to him right now say Lord have mercy on me Lord have mercy in my life Lord have mercy on my circumstances hallelujah Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Come on, that's it. Reach out to him right now. God, have mercy.
1: You calm my every moment. You calm my raging sea. You walk with me through fire. Walk with me through fire. And he I trust in you Lord I trust in you and I believe Come on declare this You're my healer